Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Thanks for joining the iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Rudy Wrong. He's actually a serial, serial entrepreneur uh, who in 2017 was listed on Forbes Asia 30 Under 30. Uh, he founded Magic Cube, which is a Bitcoin uh, token kind of company. It's really interesting in the gaming industry in 2016. Uh, raised over $10 million for that. And then uh, founded also Magic Ice Cube in 2020. Uh, and that company was interviewed by Leslie Saul uh, from 60 Minutes as the biggest PPE wholesaler in the U.S. So uh, a lot of phenomenal things to talk about. Rudy, thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I would love to talk about how we overcome a lot of challenges we met in the beginning of 2020 and turn it around and become one of the largest uh, player in PPE industry and start working with all the high-profile clients, including FBI, uh, Walmart, Trader Joe's, U.S. military, the list goes on forever. Uh, and also talk about our, you know, my various business experiences and my failures and how I, you know, I deal with them. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Like FBI and all these huge companies, that's that's crazy uh, within, a, within a year. So we're going to have to dive into that a little bit later. But Rudy, where are you originally from? Uh, I was originally from China. So I was born in China. I came to... I actually came to the East Coast uh, while I was uh, while I was on my ninth grade. So yeah, I came here. I barely spoke any English, and I went to the high school in Philadelphia. Uh, that's how I actually met my friends like Adam and Issa, who everyone like a lot of my high school friends are actually working at my company right now, selling PPE, which is mm-hmm. pretty funny because when I first came here, I didn't even speak English, so they were kind of taking care of me, driving me around. I didn't have a car and taking me to lunch and dinner and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, but like, I think I'm fitting really well right now. Like I consider myself more American than I am Chinese. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, so you can came here, was this about maybe like 10 years or so, 10, 10 years or 15 years? H- how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Oh yeah, I'm, I was born in 1994, so I'm currently 26. I came here in 2008. So yeah, a little more than 20, 10 years actually. Yeah. Doing a lot, dude, doing a lot at 26, you know, <laughs> it's pretty phenomenal. I started my entrepreneur game around 25. So, you know, you're doing, you're doing good. <laughs> um, thanks. Thanks. Try my best. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, so kind of, how did you, uh, how did you grow up? I mean, I, I, I'm here that your, your parents were like, you know, billionaires in the gaming industry, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So they were the first generation internet entrepreneur in China. So they actually founded one of the biggest social casino game in China, um, later acquired by Shenda Game, which is a which was a NASDAQ listed public company. Uh, then they were forcefully sold to the government because it's social casinos. So it's kind of a gray area, you know, in China. They're trying to keep it, keep it like state owned. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's how they exited out. And now they're just 
uh, major just investors in a lot of industries. And, uh, you know, I, I, can't, I have to say I benefited that a lot. Uh, so, you know, they, uh, but like I always still think, you know, since I have all the advantages that, that only motivates me to do more and achieve more than uh, most of the people, like I, I would consider my compares. So, yeah, I think that's, that's been a good thing for me. Like I definitely, I mean, it sounds extremely yeah. inspirational, you know, like to have mm -hmm. your parents, you know, do, do that is definitely a rare, definitely a rare thing. Uh, so did they, did they kind of inspire you or kind of push you to eventually start your own? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So in our family is like, uh, we, so I have, uh, two more brothers and one sister and uh, in our family it's just like always winner takes all you know my, my dad always try to keep it keep it competitive since i was young you know there's <laughs> all the sports game and we always compete like for everything we compete and only winner gets a award you know gets like an extra ice cream or like you know <laughs> get to buy buy your new new like sneaker or some stuff like that so yes yeah, in our family culture it's like always you know you have to win have to keep being competitive you know keep being like the top player in your field and uh, yeah my parents really encouraged me to start my own company uh when i was you know when i went uh went to college in usc you know so they always be like yeah Yo, you should look into what you want to do you know try and do something uh about uh, about yourself so that's how i started my first company actually in fresh year in usc um i realized there are a lot of threats and uh, I was just really um, trying to, you know, I, I, we, I didn't really fit in with my friends. So we created our own like club called Prime Union, which turned out to be like a later grow to be almost a biggest um, a private club for, for like uh, Asian immigrants, high networks. We charge $20,000 for the annual membership fee. Nice. And we also started like the peer to peer sports car renting service uh, back then it was really innovative now it's like everyone is doing it so nothing fancy about yeah it's like it. the that's Turo, what, you know like yeah 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 but like that's way before true like back then nobody like was like uber was not even that hot you know what i mean it's like nice. yellow cap <laughs> the yellow right. cap era that was very far it's obviously a very very good business to get into like and it's and it's rare so and you had a lot of different cars right so mm -hmm. we just end up renting out your cars Oh yeah, and uh, we had a so our club member have a lot of their own car. So basically, what we did is like whenever we know someone need to rent a car, I just call my friend, be like, "Yo, is your Lambo still available for this weekend? We have a kids trying to pay fifteen hundred for a day. Then I will take like obviously three hundred, add on nice. that, and then rent to someone else. So it's like pretty pretty risk free, hands off operation. Uh, so it's literally just phone phone to phone connecting. A lot of people are actually still doing it, but like that's how I started my first entrepreneurship. You know, we did parties, membership fees, events. You're in your twenties, uh, right? Like your early twenties. How old are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was twenty-one actually. I was twenty, twenty, twenty-one. Yeah. Twenty, twenty-one. Just handing off Lamborghinis, you know, throwing sick parties. I mean, honestly, I, that's like the best way to spend your early twenties, dude. Like, <laughs> you know exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what happened with that? I mean, I, so I'm familiar, you know, with your story a little bit, it seems like you kind of, you know, got burnt out or you just were like, Hey, this is just not the way that it, you know, this is not going to fulfill me in some sort of way. Um, sorry, would you repeat that? So, so, so kind of after that, um, you know, like in your early twenties, after doing that, you, you know, you, you eventually stopped because, you know, it would, 
you, you, you basically said that it wasn't going to fulfill you in some sort of way. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yes. So like, yeah. So that, that company was pretty fun when we first started, but like later on, I just feel like, uh, it was like the scale was pretty small, you know, it was private, 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 high, high end services. You can only, you know, take care of like 20 people right, at a time and stuff. It's, you know, it's more like a restaurant kind of thing. So you keep it fancy, it's boutique, but like, there's not much girls out of it. And, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking I always wanted to do something bigger for my life, not like just stuck with a small circle. And I, I, I like to be, you know, influential uh, in society or wherever I go. So that's how we started the, the VR, uh, VR game company. We started out as a VR gaming, then we went into game publishing, then crypto gaming, which got yeah when we first started so uh so after the prime union you know at usc i double majored in film production and business because my dad invested in a couple of studios in hollywood back at the time so you know he wanted me to learn about film and i was at usc usc had the best film school so you know like i, I got in there and uh i didn't really like the on-set production that was like cameras and stuff so I decided, okay, I should learn a bit about like after effects and you know VR, AR, these cool new technologies. And uh, I was just like, wow, this VR live streaming gaming is cool. Then we started out that way. And um, and yeah, we got invested by like Blackstone Launchpad, Plug and Play, and a lot of good American VCs uh, for the seed round. Then we got invested by like IDG, Tencent, a lot of big players down the road. Um, yeah, it got pretty big at the time. Uh, but like uh, when when you know in 2019 uh, it was a hot year. We had a lot of ups and downs. We were making like the top time. We were making like a million dollar a day just by doing nothing because we just had so many people want to invest in crypto at the time. Awesome. And yeah, and uh, Justin Soon was who, who who bought the Warren Buffett dinner uh, for like this year. Not last year. You know, he's my friend. You know, he brought me into the crypto um, community. And yeah, we got a lot of, lot of exposures. We, we got private jet and it was a whole thing. But like, uh, before you know it, you know, we, uh, like I got too, you know, too ambitious. I got a little arrogant. So I was like, yo, with all this money, we should acquire more companies. So I did a pretty big leverage buyout. Uh, we were trying to merge and acquire the, uh, one of the biggest game trading plat game token trading platform in China, uh, who, who's like the biggest uh, trader for for a few few games like really popular in Asia. And uh, it was a leverage buyout. So at the time we had a lot of capital in Bitcoin and in cash. Mm -hmm. Like it was a leverage buyout. The CEO actually ran, ran, ran away. It was like uh, the whole leverage buyout, the cash per portion was like $20, uh, 20 million. And the CEO ran away with $10 million. And uh, and that was not the only thing. So within a month from time, a couple of things happened that made me really fail miserably. So the guy who, who, who was going to be the CEO of this leverage buyout, he ran away with our, the money we we raised and uh, we invested. And uh, Bitcoin dropped from like 12,000 to 4,000. Oh, geez. Like a month. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got like, it was a bloodbath for me. I lost like 10 million just on that. Jeez. Then... Then like the Chinese government started cracking down, they suddenly decided to turn, like we were heroes because we were like the pioneer in blockchain. Then yeah. one day they just decided like, 
anyone who's doing their they own. They cut Bitcoin, like, right? Like they cut it. Yeah, they were like, they were like, yo, we need to do our own coin. Like the, the government's doing their own coins. So whoever the fuck does all the other coins are like illegal now. So we have like investors who try and pulling out employees and major management management level, C-level people quitting the job, run away. We have police stepping on my door, trying to trying to like oh inquire God. and investigating wow. open case with us. And I had like that guy run away. I had like five lawsuits on me. It was crazy. So uh, my mom was like, "That was all 2019." Yeah, 2019. Yeah, it was like the, towards the end of 2019, right before the Corona. So shit was really going south, and I was like, "Holy shit!" These are like because each of them is a black swan. It's like three black swans getting together at the same time and having a party. Um, fucking with me. <laughs> so so yeah, that was that, that was really really bad. I got I got really fucked. Then my mom was like, son, it's not worth it. You know, I could have raised more money and just put a blanket on the whole thing and push it forward. But my yeah. mom was like, yo, like if you keep doing this shit, you're going to jail for, for a long, long time. Like, let's not do this. And you just have to smoothly handle this and try to try to make peace with everyone. And the best way is you go to America now and do it remotely from there. <laughs> <laughs> it was like wild story dude like so so what was the so what happened in the end like did you just kind of like cut losses or oh yeah we, we yeah we took some law we took a lot of loss with a lot of investors and uh we we made we made it whole with a lot of people i'm still chasing my five million uh we I still have like two losses going on uh which are like fine and not as bad and uh yeah it's still ugly but like the point is, you know, I came to the States at the time, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, like a little before the pandemic, actually. So it was like the, the end of 2019. Now, like, okay, I'm, I should probably retire. I've been through a lot of ups and downs. I, I like yes, made and lost like, like tens of millions of dollars. Like, I would just take a break. Last couple of years. <laughs> I was like, okay, I was ready for a break. I was like, hands off, you know, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to like use the rest of the money I still have and just enjoy my life here. Like, it's fine. Like I, I made peace with myself. Then like some friends called me be like, yo, Rudy, you heard this pandemic is coming. Do you have any masks? And I'm like, what the fuck are masks? Like this doesn't sound like cool at all. It's like, I was doing blocking yeah. VR yeah. and now like, I'm like, what masks? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm like, fine, fine. I will hook you up. Down the first deal, um, we, we actually sold to CVS. So like half a million three ply like fifty dollar it was like pretty pretty good margin i cannot close our car but like margin was really great <laughs> but that's a great so margin. yeah and that's great margin that was like a phenomenal return and i was like wow this is like actually real and the people are actually paying and it's a huge market I was like fuck it you know even if it's not cool i will still do it so yeah we started pulling more more strings and actually with all the all the like influences I had built through Magic Cube and my credibility was like a lot of like investors, a lot of like major influential people in China with high positions with like my like American contacts. Apparently people still, apparently they like Magic Cube had like a good reputation all around. So mm-hmm. people still trust me. People still like Rudy Rome, still like work with me. So, you know, um, then eventually we just got like, before you know it, you know, we have 10 containers flowing in every week. Now we're selling to like US government, US military, border protection, who like don't even have a street address. <laughs> and we, like in the middle of nowhere, they are, they're always in the middle of nowhere. 
then <laughs> like like yeah and like uh victoria secret starbucks google uh, everyone very very so, so you used your connections in china to be able to get the wholesale you know ppe materials right at a really great price and then because you could verify all that information it was less of a risk for you because you had people in china that were going to like verify it as oh well. yeah yeah right also they're financing it you know because i have my credibility people believing me so you know they would finance loft containers and asked me to help without your money up front, which is fantastic because your credibility with Magic Cube, they're like, look, you don't need to put money down like you normally do. Exactly. You didn't even tell exactly. them that Magic Cube was like going under or anything. <laughs> no, they know it because they're not in the industry. So they don't know. <laughs> they don't know anything. They know, they know we did like a 10, like a couple, 20, 50 million in leverage buyout. The only thing they see on news, they see how it felt <laughs> miserably after that. Because we didn't put any news out after that. <laughs> Genius. But no, so it's good point, that you turned around point, like that. Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty good turnaround, I would say. I mean, I still lost a lot. I took a couple, like, I mean, the biggest hits in 2019, like the biggest hits in my life so far. Yeah. It was happening in 2019. I was like, I almost like didn't even know what to believe anymore because it's like, Stuff just got so bad so quickly that I had no idea what what, what, I, what I was into. I was like, "What? These kind of stuff can actually happen to me?" Like, I was yeah, like, no, that's, that's "Is this even cool. real? Like, is that a joke? Joke? Like, can you do this to me like this?" Like, like that's just nature. Like, of business. the whole world yeah. is trying to fuck with me. Any anytime you get big at all, when whatever you do, there's always a larger chance that someone's going to want to sue you and take everything that you have. So, I mean, it's fairly normal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was that was really bad. So now I'm more careful about everything. So, uh, so the other thing is, you know, what I'm what one thing I'm I'm seeing like after you're telling your story is that is that the, mm-hmm. the thing that really made that quick turnaround was you kind of not waiting for you know the shit to hit the fan kind of per se as far as like everything going. So in the middle of kind of going through a difficulty, you immediately kind of pivoted, let's say, and you were like, all right, PPE is happening. Let's do this right. And then you used your current connections probably on socials and like different influencers, right? To be able to get yeah, the word yes. out. And then that kind of gave you the connections to be able to get your first big, you know, like sales for PP, PPE. And mm-hmm. then you just leveraged those moving forward with like, you know, more exactly. clients, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what we did. Uh, yeah, we leveraged out on um, what we had and we saw an opportunity, we just take on it. Because you never know what's coming, and uh, especially with 20, the, I think one thing twenty twenty really taught me is that you just cannot like have your like uh, have stereotype on you know wherever businesses you think are not good. Like import export used to be a business like I think are like really low expansion, you know, like low I don't know, slow growth industry. But when the right moment hit, you just have to dive in, and you don't judge it. So yeah, now it's like you, I'm man. more open, open-minded. Like whenever, whenever people tell, like tell me there's an opportunity, I actually spend some time looking to them. Like okay, like yeah, like right now we're selling a lot of our clients patio heaters. Like uh, even some clients ask me us for body bags. <laughs> it's like you never know. Like okay, yeah, and waffle machines. I have we have a client in like Mexico ask us for a bunch of waffle machines. Sure, <laughs> whatever waffle machines, whatever. Like, wouldn't do that, though. You know, I think yeah. Normally, I wouldn't do that, but now I'm like more open-minded. I'm like, 
sure, wherever needs me, I'm here. Like I'm really young. Like sure, tell them we can do it. We'll always try to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, of course. But Rudy, I mean, think about it. Like you know, that's a those things having lawsuits, having losses, millions of dollars. You know, putting all. You know, it looks like you put years into Magic Cube, right? Like all this time, oh, yeah. energy, everything invested, right? And then for it to, and you, you had a big vision, you had a, you had a big direction, and it just kind of went south. Like all of a sudden, most people would be like, "Okay, I'm just gonna, you know, cut my losses," you know, and like you said, like take a break and just kind of move on. And instead, you almost like sectioned that whole thing off in your mind and was like, "All right, you know, it is what it is," and then you immediately within like. I don't know. It was it like a few months started another company? Oh yeah. It was two, three months. That's exactly. exactly. I actually, I started, I started five at the time. I was trying five different projects. Uh, the four, four of the five went south. And this one actually kicked off. There you go. That's, <laughs> a, that's a serial entrepreneur to the T like, like that's what every single vet, uh, VC and, you know, uh, it like really like seasoned entrepreneur says, is that, you know, investors is that they, okay. I have like, you know, it's kind of like Russian roulette, you know, it's like, it's, it's like playing, yeah. you never know what's really going to happen. You know, like you can, you're going to, you're going to invest in 10 companies. Hopefully one will be like the next Uber. And that's basically, you know, like how it, how it is. I mean, each one can have a good idea, but really there's so many different factors. It's difficult to really say whether something's going to hit big again. So how do how did you know that like, you know, this, did you have a good feeling about PPE other than your other, companies or was there no i did i had no idea that this one would be successful and the four others sounds much better actually at the time (laughs) (laughs) like you just never know you know like uh you just have to put in the effort and each of them and try them out like one like if 10 five doesn't work try 10 if 10 doesn't work try 20 something is always going to work out that's how i how i believe it it's just like always like fell fast and get up faster you know that's right that's, and I, I, i'm never the kind of guy who's afraid of failures i'm afraid of missing out on good ones i'm never afraid of like oh shoot i, I like i lost like some time lost some money but like you know i always have the the impulse to try it like i, I cannot miss out on good stuff it's just yeah, people get scared though. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people that I know, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they've made it to, you know, fairly big levels. And, uh, you know, when you get there, people don't want to fall. You know, they, they don't want to lose their cars or their houses or, or these things like that. And they kind of just, they get comfortable. Um, yeah. How did you kind of. I think of the thing about me is like, I just don't care that much about what I have. I think, you know, I always am aiming for the next level. So whatever I have, I always see them as temporary. Like, I never bought a house anywhere in the world myself it's like i was rented i mean i had a house in newport but i sold it when i started my first company because i'm like this is like a restriction you know i don't want i want because once you have a house (laughs) or like you know like it's like you already know where you are so it's like you already have something but if you don't have anything like everything you have like all the cars i buy all the houses i rent there now it's like i know it's temporary you know, I think I'm going to have more and whatever I have here, I keep in my mind. It's like, these are just temporary things for now. I will get much better. I'll get a golf stream. I'll get a super sick castle. I'll get like, I'll get a lot of things. Like, but like these, these things I have right now are temporary. They're nice. You know, like I have Rolls Royce. I have cool Ferraris. It's nice. I have to say, like, I love driving. Like I love my driver picks me up every day, but like, I always think these are temporary and I will have better things coming. So like, when I have to make some bets or when I have to do some things, I don't think 
oh, shoot, what if I lose these? I'm like, these are never here. You know, these are just for now. Like, these are just like what I do for now. But like, we'll definitely have more. So you appreciate it, you enjoy them in the moment, but you're also like very disconnected from those materials. Exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't see them as, I mean, I definitely enjoy them, but I don't, in my mind, I don't think these are like necessity, you know? For me, I'm a pretty simple guy. Like, even I, I think I make pretty decent money, but like, I don't, I don't spend that much. Like, uh, personally, that's just how I feel the sense of security. I live like pretty simple life. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy too many fancy shit. Like, and my, my life quality, living quality in general is like, it's okay, but like, I'm not that detailed guy who like put on a face mask every day before night, you know, take like fancy shower, put on like fancy lotions, like buy fancy clothes every week. No, I'm like, I'm just yeah, it's, it's odd. Like and I find that kind of very similar um, between a lot of different the similarities are, are kind of there um, with these different entrepreneurs that we interview all the time. Uh, they, they can have nice things. They, you know, they has that ability, but they seem to kind of restrict themselves or like uh, inhibit themselves from kind of going down that way. Like one of my uh, business partners and investors, he drives this like Nissan truck. That's, he has had the same truck. It's like a 2007 or something. It's not an expensive truck. And he has a seat. This guy has a ridiculous amount of money and he just drives this truck every single day. And you would never know. It's like, it's clean or whatever, but it's not a nice truck. Like it's just a basic (laughs) truck, you know? And that's just how he lives. Like he's very, very frugal, you know, and he lives on 10% of his income, you know? And when he told me that I was like, I need to go in business with this guy. Cause he like, he can manage his finances so well and he can live his life and live comfortable and live on 10%. What does that do? It gives you the ability to spend that 90% on investments or whatever, to make more money, right? Instead of, you know, the exactly. celebrity entrepreneurs that are out there, this phenomenon of, oh, like when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to have Lamborghinis and mansions and all those other things. And, you know, like max out your credit cards just to have this lavish lifestyle. Like that's not how yeah, that's not we're yeah, like, exactly. I, I highly don't suggest that because once you have too much stuff, you get attached also to distract your attention and also you'll lower your risk tolerance. So you get like, uh, you just don't have the the audacity and the the kind of the motivation to go all in at the time, and when you get scared, you know things usually don't work out that well. Based on my experience, I'm like I'm kind of like you know I think it takes bravery, it takes like good judgment, it also takes like um, sometimes you just have to go all in like, and if you think too much about like what could happen, what you could lose. Um, that, I don't know. That's not a good thing to think about in entrepreneurship. That's you get comfortable, shy, you know, the, the comfort exactly, is like yeah. when you put your cards down, right? And when you put your cards down, all of a sudden, that's when you're going to get hit. And a lot of times, you know, when you're successful, it's like, okay, I can relax now. And, and I found that. Oh yeah. That's the worst. That's the worst. Once we hit there. Especially when you're a CEO, like the team can feel it. When you're trying to get comfortable, then you, you, you don't, you don't realize that, but like you're telling all everyone around you to get comfortable as well. Then that's when your whole company is getting comfortable, which means yeah. you're not getting anywhere anymore. And then they start losing. They start, they start slowly declining, you know, it's either going, oh, yeah. or going yeah. down. People are like, Oh no, we're steady. You're not steady. There's nothing. There's no, not yet. Yeah, there's, there's nothing as steady. Steady means like you're pro- probably are going down sooner or later. <laughs> and yeah, the standards, I, I have that feeling sometimes it's like, I don't know when, whenever sometime I'm like in some crazy involved relationship with girls or something like I, I got distracted from time to time. Then 
you know, and then pe- the team would feel it, you know, the team around me be like, yo boss, you're like, you know, you seem like being like not as strict, not as like on everything as you usually are. Then these are bad signs. I'm not saying like, don't do anything fun in your life. I'm saying just like, you just have to, if you're, if you're like really about to make this company big, you have to know, you know, what to focus on. Mm-hmm. Love it. So, um, so what advice do you have people like, I mean, I know 2020 was pretty wild. It sounds like you had a lot of success in 2020, which is great. Uh, you know, a lot of people lost a lot, you know, in 2021, what are your kind of mm-hmm. goals and what are your advice for people like moving forward into this new year? Oh yeah. I think just, uh, well, in general, a couple of big things to look for is that dollar is definitely going to keep dropping. Uh, tax may be increased. Uh, but in general picture is just like, um, yeah, we, we should look for more opportunities that out of our normal spectrum. And, uh, and I think the equity price are at all time high already. And there's people printing more money, like it was government keep printing it. You know, you never know like why it's going to crash. So I would say play safe uh, on investment wise. I invest in a lot of gold and on the entrepreneurship wise. I think uh, people should, I would suggest folks more on like cash business. Like, you know, selling PP is a cash business, selling like, um, kind of selling like, uh, other stuff would be cash business. Like we are doing a program, which we have, we're letting people to sell our inventory in LA, not only on PP, but like all the other products, like bicycles, gym equipments, camping equipments, uh, to everyone else. So like, you know, these, these kind of things are good. They're like fast cash business. So it's like pretty real, you know, not, you're not going to get scammed and uh, you can get in a gale fast. And if you, you want to take your daughter out of country to invest in like internationally, uh, you know, that's also, I think a perfect timing to start looking into that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So, so essentially like a lot of e-commerce like based businesses. So like yeah, you're, you're leveraging everything in like quick turnarounds, like you want quick profits exactly. in and out, you know, and then maximize on the most like, viable opportunities available right now exactly exactly i know like a lot of people listening are like technical technology entrepreneurs like i do but i think now the best thing is to focus more on short-term survival than like long-term big dreams uh just depending on timing you know we can't focus on the big dream on the next cycle which probably gonna be like 2030 you know (laughs) yeah you never know what's gonna happen next month right so it's like make your money exactly like pitch it now do it like right now yeah more than ever and yeah it is more than ever like yeah there's some wild times going on here you never know what's going to happen Awesome. Well, you know, I think uh, I really appreciate your story, Rudy. You know, you, you had a pretty phenomenal journey, you know, in transition. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you have a lot of great things that you're working on uh, in, in 2020 and 2021. A lot of, lot of phenomenal success. So appreciate mm-hmm. it so, so much for being on the show. We're definitely going to have you on a little bit later on um, at the end of the year to see what new things that you're doing. Sure. Uh, and uh, is there anything you need from fantastic. us as far as our listeners or is there any like people that you're looking for? You're looking for an investor or any connections or anything like that? Oh, yeah, just anyone who's who have contacts of, you know, uh, trying to buy PPE or trying to buy any just consumer products on the ground. Uh, hit me up. You know, my email is Rudy at magicicecube.com. So, you know, just email me and, uh, yeah, I'll get back to you. Awesome. Fantastic. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Rudy, and uh, have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Have a good one. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.